Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey. And I'm here at London Victoria Station, waiting to board the Sunset Steam Express from Steam Dreams Railway Company. We're going out across the Surrey countryside this evening on a nice sunny evening, leaving Victoria at a quarter past six, and we'll be going down by Clapham Junction through Staines and at Chertsey we'll have a delay while we take on water from a vintage fire engine to give us enough water to do the rest of the journey and then on from Chertsey through to Woking, Guildford, Gomshall, Rygate and Redhill, Purley, Croydon and back via Crystal Palace and West Norton to London, Victoria arriving back at 2140 and during the journey people are going to be enjoying whining and dining. Robinson, who's the founder of uh, Stream Dreams. Uh, thank you for inviting us along to the journey today. Welcome to Steam Dreams, Graham. It's good to have you along. Right, it's been a marvellous trip so far. We're on the Surrey Hills tour and it's been a marvellous evening, hasn't it? It has, because we've actually today had some nice British weather. Um, as you probably know, we call this the Sunset Steam Express. So we have actually been able to see the sunset today. It's just going down, whereas the last couple of weeks I don't think we've seen much other than rather nasty rain clouds. No. So uh, this all began then with, with, with an idea in your head, was it? It did. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a nailed-on steam enthusiast, I'll fully admit that. And I used to drag my wife very occasionally on trips, and we'd go in standard class, and you know, I'd probably be more interested in watching the engine and listening to it. And she said to me, you could make it so much better if you did this for enthusiasts. And rather for normal people, not just enthusiasts, or for enthusiast wives. So she gave me four rules, which is... Well, in this case, we certainly don't start too early in the morning. Not just to go as far as possible just for the sake of it, but go somewhere nice or scenic, as we are doing this evening, through the Surrey Hills. Um, have a different caterer from what in the 90s was normal. All charter companies had British Rail catering staff. We have got our own catering company. We do our own food, our own way, because we're trying to make it much more like a re- modern restaurant experience. So the train's old, but people want to eat modern food in the right way that they're used to in restaurants and finally my wife's most important fourth golden rule was and all women to be honest literally buy into this having an onboard loo cleaner <laughs> very good point indeed uh, anyway we're, we're we're sitting here in the in the pullman uh, part of the train aren't we and uh, what can people can expect there um when you go on whether it's an, a trip like this in the evening or on a day trip somewhere with the flying scotsman or another engine you will always get a, a really solid um dinner of three or four courses, um, normally a bit of champagne and lots of nice wines that you can get on the, on the train. Um, and on a day trip, you also have a, a, a brunch, a full brunch on the way down. Right, and then, and then you've got a first class? First class where you can buy um, the seat, but you provide your own food. You'll get a bit of cake and um, some snacks, but it's, it's not a full meal. It's mainly for people who want to get their own food. 
Right, OK. And then a standard class as well? Standard class is just a standard coach doing much the same as the first class offering in that they can bring their own stuff, do their own thing, bring a picnic. And, and it's just fair. It's horses for courses. You, you know, right. some people go standard one week and do that and then come a month later and we'll go full Pullman dining. Right. Anyway, the locomotive we've got on today then is Mayflower. I uh, see, was that it was built in uh, 1948? It is. I mean, that's a relatively young engine when you think the Flying Scotsman, which we use, is nearly 100 years old. So Mayflower, relatively modern um, and a fantastic engine. It's um, only what's called Class 5. It's not one of the bigger engines, but it, can, it was designed to pull expresses at almost the same level that the big engines were. So they used to fill in all the time if express engines broke. And that's, it's perfect for this trip today. It's not too long, and it works well on hills, which the, some of the express engines didn't use to, um, and uh, is owned by the same man as who owns this company, David Buck. So he enjoys the fact it's his loco pulling his train. Right. OK, and there uh, must be a few logistics involved in, in getting all this going. How long have you got? I mean, it's it's impossible to describe quite how complicated it is. But basically, we, we're normally planning about 12 months, sometimes a bit less ahead. But, for instance, our holiday in Scotland next summer when we go to the Highlands and Islands up from London, nine-day trip, that's already all planned. So you have to, because you have to run the plans past our people who provide the steam drivers and the coaches, a company called West Coast. They run the plans past Network Rail. You have to make it all fit in because when you're going to places like, you know, we, we go all the way up into the Western Highlands and do the line that's made famous for the Harry Potter viaducts. So we do all that, go to Malay, we go to um, Inverness, to the Carlock for Sky, and then we go down to Tur- we're going down to Turnbury, and then back by the Lake District. It's a hell of a trip and a lot of organisation. Yeah, and you've got to fit in within the existing passenger and freight train service of the railway. We do, and uh, that is often a problem. But the good thing is, we're actually, of course, we don't stop at many stations, so that always helps us keep up. And we're about the same pace as the average freight train. They go pretty fast, but we said, we? we're allowed to go 75 miles an hour, so where we can, we do. Right. Uh, I'm certainly impressed on board by the onboard uh, service here. That alone must be quite a logistical challenge because you've got a lot of people wanting a lot of food. We have. I mean, today we've probably because we've not got so many passengers, probably only got 35 to 40 staff in total on the train, including the drivers, the farmer, the guard, everyone else, the chefs. But we can sometimes have more than 50 on a long train because you need those people to give people a a day they remember and want to come back and do again. Yeah, absolutely. It is really a memorable occasion. I'm sure a number of people take this trip for, uh, I don't know, celebration for some reason. Oh, all sorts of celebrations. We've had weddings on the train, 50th birthday parties, or everything you can imagine. But actually the most moving occasions are when we have memorial services. We've had committal of the ashes up the chimney of the Flying Scotsman and other locomotives. And I tell you, they are the most fantastically moving and memorable days. And the best day we ever did was one of those. One of our drivers died very suddenly of prostate cancer, killed him in 10 days. So on the 22nd of uh, December, before Christmas, he drove. We all noticed he drove just in a way, magnificent way to Ely and back. He wanted to do both ways, and I didn't think he looked very well. And I said to him, Victoria, you don't look well, Brown. We need you. What's the, are you OK? He said, I'm fine. He said, I'll be here next year. But he obviously wasn't, and he was just trying to bluff. And 10 days later, he fell out of bed. His bone... He, cracked a bone he got prostate cancer died a day later and we two months after that had a special to bristol which was where he came from from london we had his family a lot of passengers who knew him and loved his driving we had a memorial service in the in the railwayman's church in bristol temple meads and then on the return to london on his favorite hill with his favorite engine 
His wife went up in the in the cab. We had special dispensation for his wife and his son to be in the cab, and his ashes were committed from the bottom to the top of this climb. We told everyone on the train what's happening. We blew a really long whistle. Everyone was quiet on the train. A lot of people were crying. And all you heard was what you can hear now, the engine chuffing as it went up this hill, and then a long whistle at the top when we'd finished. It was magnificent. That, those things and the weddings and all those, you know, just add on top of another layer of, mm. of something that is, you know, just wonderful. Absolutely, yes, indeed. And uh, so this particular trip then, I know it leaves Victoria on a Tuesday at quarter past six in the evening. It does, every, every Tuesday until um, the end of September, pretty much. The odd one missing because we're doing a trip somewhere else a long way away. We're going to Wales in the middle of it, so we can't do it no. when we're doing the Welsh trip. But yes, every right. Tuesday. Right, and uh, gets back to Victoria about uh, 9.40 in the evening. It does. It's a very civilised trip because you could do it after work and yet be back in Victoria well before 10 and time to get home to wherever you live. And another nearby trip is uh, the Windsor one. Those, uh, yep, they're a very interesting market and a way for... They're, they're an introduction to mainline steam because they're only like an hour and a quarter, an hour and a half long. You can still have a brunch or a, a cream tea, or uh, depending on which trip you do. We do three a day, London, Victoria to Windsor, and then people get off there and make their own way back on the service train. So they go and visit Windsor, which is a wonderful place. People have, a lot of people never go there, and it's a nice way to experience mainline steam. We're, we get up to about 60 miles an hour going there, so it's totally different from being on a, a preserver where you really hear the engine going for it. Uh, and yet, if people are not sure about going for a long trip, it's a really nice way. And I've been on one of those where somebody never been on one of our trips before. Before he even got to Windsor, he booked a four-day trip to Edinburgh. Right. You know that that's it's, it works. Indeed. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk a little bit then. These longer trips then uh, over several days or, or a week, they go to various places, I guess. They do, and that one to Edinburgh we normally do with the Flying Scotsman, which is where the Flying Scotsman, of course, historically went. So to do the Flying Scotsman to Edinburgh, going across the Broad Border Bridge, four-day trip from King's Cross, three nights in Edinburgh, which, of course, in its own right, a fantastic place to stay. And in the middle, there's a day when we go over the Fourth Bridge three times and people can take either a brunch trip, a lunch trip or dinner trip. So, again, wonderful experience. I mean, with the Flying Scotsman, I, I mean, it's almost mystical going over the Fourth Bridge with any train, even a modern one, but going up behind the Flying Scotsman over the Fourth Bridge, which is our greatest structure in this country, with probably the most famous engine in the world, not bad. Indeed, amazing place. Yeah. What struck me today, I think just how many people were out in the countryside waving at the train. They do, and we always say to them, behave, don't, don't in any way trespass, that's a big thing, because that gets us into trouble if they trespass. But no, it's wonderful. You bring a moment of happiness into people's lives. People, it just has something, a magic, whether it's from Thomas the Tank Engine or whatever it is, or Brief Encounter, steam trains evoke something that uh, perhaps it's what somebody said many, many years ago, that steam engine is the mo- nearest thing that man has come to inv- inventing a living beast. And it is very true. It is a real, you know, every day that engine on the front there may fly is different. just depends what mood she gets up in. Yeah, and drivers, you know, get, get to know that each yeah, locomotive. And, and yes, and if a fireman and driver don't do it properly, she doesn't go. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about uh, Steam Dreams. If people want to find out more and uh, tempted to make a trip, how do they get, get that done? They can either ring us, because a lot of people still like to do that, and we've, we've got really good people in the office who love telling people about Steam Dreams, and that's uh, 01483, which is Guildford 209 or go on the website, www.steamdreams.co.uk, and that will obviously show you all the things and there you'll find the the Windsors, the day trips the sunsets and the holidays to not just 
Edinburgh but also Wales, Scotland for nine days next year, the Lake District and in 2023 we're going to New Zealand for three weeks. My goodness me, international. Indeed, and that we've done Germany and Ireland and we'll probably go back to those but New Zealand is literally from Auckland and in the top of North Island to Invercargill which really is at the very bottom of New Zealand on on uh, South Island. Wonderful trip. A fabulous be. trip. A, a trip of a lifetime. I can assure you, I've already been there and researched it twice to get it right. And the lady's been out there to look at who works with me, Judy, to look at all the hotels. So it's all done, ready to go. In fact, it was going to be next year, but because of COVID, we'd have to put it back 12 months. Well, Marcus, again, thank you so much for talking to us this evening and thank you for a marvellous trip. Glad you're here, Graham. That's Marcus Robertson, founder of Steam Dreams. Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey.